We read a story in the book of Luke. Matter of fact, if you just turn to the book of Luke in your Bible, we're, going, we're just going to go, go through this chapter today for a few minutes. And in the first part of this chapter, it's very interesting of how Jesus approached people with hatred in their heart, with bitterness in their heart, with religion in their heart, and not the love of God in their heart. It says, many dishonest tax collectors and other notorious sinners often gathered around to listen as Jesus taught the people. In verse 2, and I'm reading, I don't know if I told you, I'm reading now the Passion Translation. But in Luke 15, verse 2, it says, This raised concerns among the Jewish religious leaders and experts of the law. Indignant, they grumbled and complained, saying, Look at how this man associates with all these notorious sinners and welcomes them all to come to him. Imagine that. Imagine a man that would literally look into the heart and life of a person instead of looking at their outward appearance. You know what that is? That's the heart of God. Jesus Christ was the very Son of God. He was the very essence of God incarnate on this earth. And His message was immediately rejected by those that did not understand the love of God. That did not understand who God wanted to be in our lives. Let me help you with something today. We're about to read some parables that Jesus shared that will will show you who God wants you to be. And who God wants me to be. I believe it's time that we, not only as High Praises Church, but the kingdom of God, stand up for those that need Jesus. How do we stand up for those that need Jesus? We stand against the oppression of religion. The oppression of politics. We in this country today are so oppressed in the church by the thought of politicians and politics, that it has divided us. I'm here to tell you today that I could care less. Do you hear what I said? Yeah, oh yeah, I've been ridiculed for that, but I'm going to say it again. I could care less how you vote. But it does matter to me whether you go to heaven or not. All I want to do is help you make sure your relationship with God is intact. And I'll leave all the other stuff to Him. How's that? You know what that'll do? That'll build unity in our body. If you can lay down, I didn't tell you that you couldn't have your convictions and vote the way you want to. But I'm going to also tell you that at the end of this thing, the only thing that's going to matter is as if you have called the Lord your Savior. And you can't judge someone else for any reason. But this is what Jesus said. In response, 
in verse 3. Jesus gave them this illustration. There once was a shepherd with a hundred lambs, but one of his lambs wandered away and was lost. So the shepherd left the ninety-nine lambs out in the open field and searched in the wilderness for that one lost lamb. He didn't stop. (laughs) I'm so thankful that no matter how far I've wandered away from God, He never stopped sending His love toward me. Thank you, Jesus. He never stopped forgiving me. He didn't stop until he finally found it. (laughs) With, I love this part, with exuberant joy, he raised it up and placed it on his shoulders. Have you ever been so tired because of, of the world and life that you feel like you couldn't go on, but you know that the joy of the Lord is your strength? You can just feel it like he's putting you up on his shoulders. There's, a, there, there's an old poem that was written many, many decades ago called Footprints in the Sand. And it talked about how there was a couple footprints until the one that was talking got really tired. He said, then he looked back and he noticed there was only one footprint in the sand. You know what that meant? It meant that he walked with Jesus until he couldn't do it no more. And then Jesus just picked him up and walked with him. Listen, I believe that to be biblical because of this story right here. Because If one strays away, the Bible says you're so important that he, just like the shepherd, he left the 99 to come to get you. So he placed it on his shoulders and carried it back with cheerful delight. Cheerful delight. You mean he wasn't mad at you? Man, if we listen to a lot of what people are saying today, we'd think that God was just, he was like a mean kid with a magnifying glass in the sun looking for somebody to burn up like an ant because he's so furious. I don't believe God's furious at all. I believe God's sitting on the throne and I believe that he's offering his love over and over and over. Don't you get me wrong. Justice will be served, but justice will only be served because his will has already been set. We have the choice to either go into destruction or go into paradise. You have that choice. I don't believe for a moment that God is in heaven trying to figure out how he can take you out. I believe that he's doing all that he can. I believe that he's sending preacher after preacher after preacher to your children. I believe that it is his heart for man and woman after man and woman to go into the mission fields and to reach those unreached people. I believe the only thing that's holding back the coming of the Lord today is that he has mercy on mankind. Because I believe there's going to be a day that he looks over on the right hand side and he says, Jesus, go get them. And I believe at that moment, in the twinkling of an eye, (laughs) I believe the trumpet's going to sound and then 
those that are dead in Christ are going to rise first. Can I get a little old-timey preaching with you today and tell you that those that are alive and remain are going to be second. Second to those that have beat us already there. Their body's going to come up out of that grave. You know why I have hope today? Why I'm not sad that my dad's not here is because I know my father is in heaven today. I'm not sad, but I'm happy and I'm joyful because I know there's coming a day that we're all going to be joined together. The only thing that's holding that back is the mercy of God. Returning home, he called all of his friends and neighbors together and said, let's have a party. Come and celebrate with me. Return. Celebrate with me the return of my lost lamb. It wandered away, but I found it and brought it home. And then it says in verse 7, Jesus continued in the same way. He said there was a, a glorious celebration in heaven over the rescue of one lost sinner who repents and comes back home and returns to the fold. More so than for all the righteous people who never strayed away. So if you're here today and you feel condemned in your heart and you feel convicted in your heart because you've made some mistakes and you wandered away from the, the, the church and you had a hard time getting back to the church, I promise you, you didn't have a hard time getting back to God. Maybe the people made it hard, but God forgive us the people. Let us be a people that welcomes everyone in. Don't look at their, don't look at on their outside. Look at what God looks at. He looks at them as a child of the Most High God just straight away. We've got to go out of our way to be good to somebody. we got to go. Jesus went out of His way to die on a cross for you and me. Jesus went out of His way so that He would make a way back to heaven for us. When man committed treason and gave up paradise, Jesus, God said there is a way, a truth, and a life, and His name is Jesus, and He's going to come, and He's going to be the Savior of the world. I'm so thankful that God don't give up on us. He never gives up on us. So you know what I've chosen to do in my 52nd year on this earth? To not give up on people. I'm not going to give up on people. Sometimes I have to get away to myself and, 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 and get over some stuff like being mad. I have to get over that sometimes. Anybody ever get mad? Oh, look at you not raising your hand, you bunch of fibbers. Anybody ever not? Anybody ever get hurt by people? Sometimes I have to get away to myself, and I have to get over the hurt. Sometimes I have to get over the offense. Oh, I made a decision; I wasn't going to be offended, but I promise you, I have to work after it. Come on, somebody! Love is a decision. Love is not a feeling. Don't believe Hollywood. Hollywood will tell you it's when you saw somebody off in the distance and their silhouette just made you flutter. But I'm telling you that love is a decision. Because I don't care how pretty she is, boys, when you marry her, a little later in life, she has to use a little more makeup. 
I can say that because I ain't married. Thank you very much. I don't have to worry about going home with somebody today. Any of your wives that come toward me, men, I can leave them with you. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Bible says there's good in everything, a little bit of good in everything. Okay, I'm going to move away from that subject. She said, back off, Pastor. Eric, take care of your wife there. <laughs> I think I'll move over here. If you don't come sit with me again. My point is this. We have these feelings that we have to deal with, but we need to compare ourselves and adjust our feelings to what example Jesus left for us. He left the 90 and 9 in this story. The shepherd did. And he found the lamb. And then to finish up this scripture. In verse 8 it says. Jesus gave them another parable. This one. Was a woman. Who had. 10 valuable silver coins. When she lost one of them. She swept her entire house diligently searching every nook and cranny for that one lost coin. When she finally found it, she gathered all her friends and neighbors for a celebration, telling them, come and celebrate with me. I had lost my precious silver coin, but now I have found it. That's the way God responds every time one lost sinner repents and turns to Him. He says to his, all his angels, Let, let's have a joyous celebration for the one who was lost, I have found. Then Jesus said, once there was a father with two sons. The younger son came to his father and said, Father, don't you think it's time to give me my share of your estate? So the father went ahead and distributed between the two sons their inheritance. See, a lot of people jump over this part right here. And they say, well, he gave his inherit the inheritance to the one that left. No, he gave the inheritance to both of them. He gave it to them equally. And I think that's what probably ticked the older brother off because he was more responsible. Because he took care of what he had more than his other brother. Don't you think? You know what that is? And we're going to read about this in the story in a second. But you know what that is? That's relying on your works more than relying on grace. See, we've been taught you got to work like a devil for the Lord. Work, work, work. Oh, I believe that faith without works is dead. But work without faith is just works. Shortly afterward, the younger son packed all of his belongings and traveled off to see the world. He journeyed to a far off land where he soon wasted all 
he was given in the binge of extravagant and reckless living. Verse 14, with everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry because there was a severe famine in the land. So he begged the farmer in that country to hire him. The farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. The son was so famished, he was willing to... He was even willing even to eat the slop given to the pigs because no one would feed him a thing. Humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing and he thought, There's, there are workers, many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why am I dying of hunger feeding these pigs and eating their slop? Verse 18, I want to go back to my father's house. You ever been in a position that you wished you were where you once were with God? You ever been in a position that you wished you could feel what you once felt from God? You ever been in a position that you were ready for God to do whatever He wanted to do in your life? I'm ready today to tell you this. No matter where you've been, what you've been doing, or who you've been doing it with, God is ready to welcome you back home. That hunger you have to feel Him again, I got good news, you can. That hunger that you have, that that hurt that you have, that blindness that the devil and all his mess has put over your eyes to tell you you're not good enough and you can't come back And you can't be what you once were. The devil is a liar. I want to go back to my father's house. And I'll say to him, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I'll never again be worthy to be called your son. Please, Father, just treat me like one of your employees. So the young son set off for home. From a long distance off, his father saw him coming. From a long distance off, his father saw him coming dressed as a beggar. And great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son who was running, returning home. The father raced out to meet him, swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, and kissed him over and over with tender love. Does that sound like somebody that's mad? Does that sound like somebody that's ticked off that they've been out doing crazy stuff? Then the son said, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. The father interrupted him and said, Son, you're home now. You know why I tell you all the time not to say, Well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace, because that's not what God calls you. God calls you a son or a daughter. God has just as many plans for you today as He ever had before in your life. Now, it is sad. It is sad. It's a sad story to read this and see how that young man wasted those years and wasted those finances. That's a sad thing. So I'm not saying that you hadn't put yourself in a sad situation, but I have good news to tell you in the middle of your sad situation. There's freedom. I said there's freedom. Turning to his servants, the father said, quick, quick, 
bring me the best robe, my very own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Bring me the ring, the seal of sonship, and I will put the ring on his finger. And bring me the best shoes you can find for my son. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate for my beloved son once was dead, but now he's alive. Once he was lost, but now he's found. And everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. Now the older son was out working in the field when his brother returned. And as he approached the house, he heard the music of celebration and dancing. He called over one of the servants and asked what's going on. The servant replied, it's your younger brother. He's returned home and your father's throwing a party to celebrate his homecoming. The older son began, became angry and refused to go and celebrate. So his father came out and pleaded with him, come and enjoy the feast with us. The son said, father, listen, how many years have I worked like a slave for you, performing every duty you've asked me as a faithful son? And I've never once disobeyed you. And you've never thrown a party for me because of my faithfulness. Never once have you even given me a goat that I could feast on and celebrate with my friends as, a son of, as this son of yours is doing now. Look at him. He comes back after wasting your wealth on prostitutes and reckless living. And here you are throwing him a great feast to celebrate him. And the father said something that was the most profound thing that we need to grab a hold of in this world today. He said, my son, you are already with me by my side. Everything I have is yours. It's only right to rejoice and celebrate like this because your brother that was once dead, but now he is alive and back with us. He was lost, but now he's found. You know what God, what the father was saying? He's saying the same thing God is to us today. When we set up on our self-righteousness and say, they're getting what they deserve. They're, they're reaping what they've sown. Yeah, they've, acted, they've walked away from God, so they're getting theirs. Well, you know what the Father was saying? Instead of being self-righteous, brother, understand that everything that I have is His, but everything that I have is yours also. You don't have to wait. You can have a party right now if you want one. That's what he was saying. He said, my son, you're already with me by my side. Everything I have is yours. You know what that means? When we come in here on Sunday morning and our health is good and we've slept in a warm bed and we have food to eat on the way to church and we're going to eat more than we should after we leave church. We got air conditioning in the summertime, heat in the wintertime. We got clothes that don't have holes in them unless we want them to. We've got everything we need and just because this goes bad or that goes bad, we get mad if somebody else has something. What God is saying, the same thing that this man said to his father or his son. He said, it's all yours. You can have a party too. Well, I want you to know at High Praisers Church, we're going to party like we got it because we do. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, I'm here to declare to you today, you don't have to be sick. Be healed. You don't have to be broke. Receive wealth. His purpose for you is to have wealth. And if you're walking around here going, well, 
I'm just going to stay humble and I'm just going to have my what you're saying is I can't trust God for enough to give somebody else something see you know why I want to have two, three, four, five, six houses so I can bless somebody with them this is what I'm believing for the God's, God's blessed me with two houses right now I've given away a car before and that was, that was awesome. I love that. I want to give away a house. And you know what God said? He said He would give me the desire of my heart. I want High Praises Church to be a church where people come to to get Jesus, but the teaching that they receive teaches them that they can walk in expectation. They don't have to wait until they go. See, if I, could, if I could talk to the millennials for just a second. This world tells you that it's not fun to be a Christian. That's why that you got to show everything you got on social media. Because you're looking for attention. But I promise you, the Word says, if you will make it your plight to get God's attention. That God's attention will bring the power of wealth into your house. God's attention will bring the power of the right man or the right woman in your life. Don't settle for some kind of something that wasn't meant for you. I believe that God only means for you to walk in the best, live in the best, be married to the best, eat the best, drive the best. I believe it's God's will. You say, Pastor, you're getting out there. No, I'll tell you where I'm getting. I'm getting in here. I'm getting in here because it's God's plan for us to be prosperous so that not so that we can walk around be haughty and say look at me but so that we can walk around with confidence and say look at him oh you remember when I couldn't pay my rent now look at the houses that is mine oh you remember when I had to listen listen when Jackie Lee was almost born I mean LaDonna was walking like this the best I could afford the best I could afford Rosetta and Scott I went to church with them. I was a youth pastor. I don't know if they remember this or not. But the best I could afford, because before this, I didn't have a car. And see, when I was a teenager, I made good money playing music in the bars. But when, when I got married, I told LaDonna, sitting in a bar beside of a, a bandstand, I said, if we're going to be married and we're going to make this work, we've got to get out of here. And we left there. And we got our lives right with God. And you know what the world would say about me at that point? I was broke as a joke. But I was seeking God with all my heart. I had a 65 Ford truck that it looked so bad when I bought it. It was a great improvement when I went to the Walmart and bought enough spray paint to spray paint it inside and out. It looked better. It looked better when I spray painted it. Now, see, Sam here and Brother Dave back there, they, they work on cars. I didn't, even, I didn't even put tape on the windows. I mean, it had this little haze around all the edges of the windows. <laughs> I could not afford a starter and a battery. Everywhere we went, we had to park to where we could push the truck off. 
When I look back on it now, I can even laugh about it. But I can remember those days of humiliation. I can remember those days of feeling like a failure because my wife would have to basically park to where she could roll the, the truck off to get it started. I felt like I was this big. But I believe this where I had a mama that would send me notes in the mail. And she would always, at that point in my life, at that time in my life, my scripture was Matthew 6, Because she sent it to me all the time. And she said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Then all these things. I can't tell you how we got out of that other than I wasn't lazy. And I worked. And God used all that we can do. And He brought us out. And today, I drive old vehicles because I want to. <laughs> and they, they don't I, if they need a new starter I just go buy one if they need a new battery I go buy one come on somebody if, if, if I need if my children the other day I looked and I noticed one of uh, Gracie's tires was starting to get a little slick you know what I did I didn't have to go and go oh oh can I can I afford this I just said follow me over to the tire store we put two brand new tires on her car why are you talking about this pastor is because if you will stop looking at the world and thinking if I can get there if I can just achieve that if my social status can be if you right now at 18, 20, 22, 25 30 years old if you will start now giving God the tithe if you will start sowing into the kingdom and then you will step back at 52 and go look at what God has done do I want to drive that truck? No, I want to drive that truck. Do I want to drive that car? No, I'll drive that car. Do I want to sleep in this house or that house? You say, Pastor, why are you? I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on God. Understand, I could not do it. I could not do it. But I know a man who did it. I know a man who did it. And I know a man today that said if you'll trust him, he will leave heaven. He will send somebody your way. He'll pick you up. He'll turn you around. He'll set your feet on solid ground. Thank you guys so much for joining High Praises Church podcast today. We are so happy to have had you with us. If you just met Jesus for the first time and you want to commit your life to him, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you. I open my heart and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for answering my prayer and saving my life. Amen. God is so good. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you and may he be gracious to you. Now, we want you to stay connected with our social. You can find us every Sunday and Wednesday on our Facebook and YouTube live at The High Praises Church and catch us on our Instagram at The High Praises. Can't wait to see you next week. Take care.